0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. The talk about this morning is our good friend, Jonah. Our good friend, Jonah. And Jonah is a popular story in Christianity in the Old Testament. So before Jesus came, why? Because of a fish. He was swallowed up by a fish. And some people think that that is absolutely insane and not true. But whether or not you believe it to be true, um, Jonah had so much going for him. He was a prophet. God spoke to him. He was called to be a preacher. And he was to preach to the Ninevites about the good news of who Jesus was. He was going to change this great city that God called it for the kingdom of God. And his story would one day foreshadow the coming of Jesus. I mean, come on. If God placed that upon your life, I think I would like some of that. I would like to know if God, like clear word that God was speaking to me. Some of us are like, yeah, I want to be have a calling that God's going to clearly say to me. But not Jonah. He just disobeyed. And so we're going to look at a bit of his story together this morning. So we're going to follow along on the screen behind me if you'd like. Here we go. Chapter 1, verse 1. One day long ago, God's word came to Jonah, Amittai's son, up on your feet and on your way to the big city of Nineveh. Preach to them. They're in a bad way, and I can't ignore it any longer. But Jonah got up and went the other direction to Tarshish, running away from God. He went down to the port of Joppa and found a ship headed for Tarshish. He paid the fare and went on board, joining those going to Tarshish as far away from God as he could get. But God sent a huge storm at sea. The waves were towering. The ship was about to break into pieces. The sailors were terrified. They called out in desperation to their gods. They threw everything they were carrying overboard to lighten the ship. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone down into the hold of the ship to take a nap. He was sound, asleep. The captain came to him and said, What's this, sleeping? get up, pray to your God. Maybe your God will see you are in trouble and rescue us. Then the sailors said to one another, let's get to the bottom of this. Let's draw straws to identify the culprit on this ship who's responsible for this disaster. So they drew straws and Jonah got the short straw. Then they grilled him. Confess, why this disaster? What is your work? Where do you come from? What country? What family? He told them, I'm a Hebrew. I worship God, the God of heaven, who made the sea and land. And at that, the men were frightened, really frightened, and said, What on earth have you done? As Jonah talked, the sailors realized he was running away from God. And they said to him, What are we going to do with you to get rid of this storm? And by the time the sea was wild, totally out of control, Jonah said, Throw me overboard, into the sea, and then the storm will stop. It's all my fault. I'm the cause of the storm." Get rid of me and you will get rid of the storm. But no, the men tried rowing back to the shore. They made no headway. The storm only got worse and worse, wild and raging. Then they prayed to God. Oh God, don't let us drown because of this man's life and don't blame us for his death. You are God. Do what you think is best. They took Jonah and they threw him overboard. Immediately, the sea was quieted down. The sailors were impressed, no longer terrified by the sea. But in awe of God, they worshiped God, offered a sacrifice, and made vows. So, the first thing and the first point that we learn from this, from verse one, is that God can chase you with a word. God can chase you with the word. Jonah's been told word for word what he is meant to say, what he is meant to do, and where he is to go. And he went the complete opposite direction. Tarshish was the complete opposite direction. So, we would be headed to Perth or Tazzy, maybe. Far away, right? And although Jonah, who is a prophet, we would sense that he would probably be quite wise, thought he could actually flee from God's presence, and it wouldn't move. But the thing that we see is that God started running too, and God started running after Jonah. God ran after him with the storm. God chased him by sending a great wind wind that caused a great storm on the sea. And so I'm going to say something, but I'll clarify it, is point number two, that God can chase you with a storm. Does that mean God is evil and mean, and he sends all these really difficult things, and he's the cause for many bad things in this world? No, that's not what I'm trying to say. But when we are in deliberate disobedience to God's voice, he can send a storm because it's the only thing that might get our attention. God was loving Jonah by sending the storm. Jonah was going the wrong way, and God wanted him to go the right way. The storm can affect those around us, like it did these sailors. But the storm wasn't to harm him. It was to wake him up from his sleep. Spurgeon refers to God as the hound of heaven. Can you picture that? I can imagine this giant. I think it's like brown. I see a brown hound just sniffing, looking and chasing after his kids because he loves them and cares for cares for them and he didn't want Jonah to sin. But without the storm waking up Jonah, Jonah was still asleep and he was able to sleep through his disobedience. He was able to sleep through not listening to the right thing. And some of us are asleep but God used the sailors to help wake Jonah up from his sleep and in the midst of that they turned to God and they started calling on God and their focus came off of the storm and on to God so we can only presume they also started running but they started running to God and even when you and I are going the wrong way he is too, so kind that he can make good things happen, like others turn towards them with the sail- turning towards him, like he did with the sailors. So we read on in verse seventeen. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to follow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. So point number three, God can chase you with a fish, huh? It's meant to say huh at the end. Crazy. So Jonah's in the sea. He's assuming that he is about to die. And then a fish comes to rescue Jonah. And this is the second time that God was choosing to save Jonah and chase after him. And a couple of things is that God sent this fish before Jonah even repented. Before Jonah, we read on, started thanking God and saying sorry for what he did. And that's the kind of heart that God has. But also the fish. Got a word from God and listened better than Jonah. You're hearing that. We need to be a people that are listening better than what's going on around us. Some commentaries describe this belly to be somewhat like a grave. I would imagine it to be wet and dark and cold and maybe even a bit scary. And you know, you and I know that Jonah was coming out of the fish, but Jonah didn't know that. He, he could have thought he was staying in there for a certain amount of time, but we read on later that Jonah started thanking God, and out of such a place. Do you know that you can be low and in a dark place? And Jonah teaches us that there's no place to amiss for prayer and thanksgiving and repentance. Because when Jonah did that, God spit him out onto dry land. God was waiting on Jonah, not the other way around. What situation in your life today looks hopeless, dark, maybe a bit depressing, impossible? Could it be that you might just be in the belly of the fish right now? Maybe God sent this very fish to try to get you back on the right track? Because he doesn't want you going the way that you're going. What about the challenges in your season? Are you complaining or are you thanking God no matter what and declaring his goodness? I'm preaching to myself right now, by the way, because I know I need work in this area. I need work. Because God, with a genuine heart, he heard Jonah and he spit him out. And I know that if, if, if my God hears me, he'll spit me out onto dry land and take me to the place that I know I needed to be. And Jonah's time frame in the fish wasn't a coincidence. It was three days and three nights, the length of time that Jesus was in the tomb and rose from the dead. So, like I said, Jonah's story was foretelling Jesus. But Jesus is so much better than Jonah because Jesus got a word from God. And he clung to that word and he fulfilled that thing to the end, no matter what challenges came his way, no matter what the enemy tried to tell him who he was or how he needed to be, or no one believed that he was the son of God. He did not care. And Jesus came for you and he came for me. It wasn't a specific group of people. It was for everybody. And so Jonah ended up fulfilling the request that God gave him. Thank God. He listened. I love chapter 3, verse 1. God came to Jonah a second time. Do you know that God can come to you and give you the same word a second time? Some of us need to hear it again. And that's how kind he was that he came a second time and spoke the same word. And Jonah fulfilled that. And the Ninevites, their heart turned back towards God. And they repented of their sin. He was successful in his mission. But then he was angry. What the? Who is this guy? Like, I don't understand. He was upset that God was merciful and compassionate and caring because he actually saved these people. And why did Jonah do that? You'd think if you just saved a city because of your preaching, you'd be like, dang, I'm really good. Like, God, you are awesome. I actually fulfilled my calling in life. And he was not like that he was frustrated. And I wonder if Jonah was jealous. I wonder if he was jealous because his own people weren't being saved. Jonah was thinking about himself and caring about his reputation. What if my friends find out that I just preached to these people and gave them a word, and they turned back to God, and now I'm responsible for that? Because Jonah, in this moment, was running for himself. He was running for himself and not for other people. So we listened to Chapter four, four, verse one. Jonah was furious. He lost his temper. He yelled at God. God, I knew it. When I was back home, I knew this was going to happen. And that's why I ran off to Tarshish. I knew that you were sheer grace and mercy, not easily angered, rich in love, and ready at the drop of a hat to turn your plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness. So God, if you don't want to kill them, kill me. I'm better off dead. And God said, what do you have to be angry about? But Jonah just left. He went out of the city to the east and he sat down in a sulk. He put together a makeshift shelter of leafy branches and he sat there in the shade to see what would really happen to the city. But God arranged for a broadleaf tree to spring up. It grew over Jonah to cool him off and get him out of his angry sulk. How nice. How nice of him to do that. Jonah was pleased and he enjoyed the shade. Life was looking up, but then God sent a worm. By dawn of the next day, the worm had bored into the shade tree, and it withered away. The sun came up, and God sent a hot, blistering wind from the east. The sun beat down on Jonah's head, and he started to faint. He prayed to die. I'm better off dead. Then God said to Jonah, what right do you have to get angry about this shade tree? And Jonah said, plenty of right. It's made me angry enough to die. God said, what's this? How is it that you can change your feelings from pleasure to anger overnight about a mere shade tree that you did nothing to get? You neither planted nor water it. It grew up one night and died the next. So why can't I likewise change what I feel about Nineveh from anger to pleasure? This big city of more than 120,000 childlike people who don't yet know right from wrong. To say nothing of all of these innocent animals. Jonah was very dramatic, very dramatic. I want to die because of this. He was like a little preteen. No offense, guys. No offense. But point number four is that God will ensure that God will chase you so that you run for others. He will always ensure. Jonah cared more about the plant than he did for the Ninevites. He was all about himself and his own reputation and what people would think about him. And because of that, God then sent a worm. He provided what he, what he thought Jonah needed, and then Jonah was meh, complaining, and then he killed it, and then he sent the sun-scorched sun. But you know what? God was in that too. He saved him through what he took away, because he needed Jonah to see. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a prophet, or a Ninevite, or if you have this title, or this, that, or how far you are, you think in your Christianity. We all need to repent, and turn towards God, and ensure our heart is right towards him because God will always ensure that a word that he gives will be for his glory and never ever our own. We could read this and think pretty negatively about Jonah. We could think down on him. And this message isn't to say, this is how you are, people, get your act together. That's not the point of this message. The point is that it would be wise for us to understand and learn from what Jonah was doing. He had, he was a Christian, and he had all of these things that God gave him that some of us would just long for. And look what he did. But we find out more about who God is. I started this message by challenging you and I and focusing on who Jonah is, where you may be running from God. But there's something that you and I need to know and remember and never, ever, ever forget because it's way more important. It's this, God is the better runner. He is a runner. He runs towards us when everyone else leaves us and he runs towards us when you run in the opposite direction. He, by nature, is a, is a runner. And then he sent that, that mission to his son, Jesus. And God sent Jesus. And Jesus ran, he ran towards God, full steam ahead. And he ran because God knew we needed to be chased. He knew that we needed to be chased. It started in the garden with Adam and Eve. They ran towards lies. They didn't run towards God's truth. But God being full of mercy, he gave us Jesus. He ran to God, he ran from sin, and he ran for others. 1 John 4, 19 says this about God. We love because he first loves, uh, loved us. He initiated all of this. You are here because he brought you here. You didn't do anything to clean yourself up or decide. His spirit pursued you and chased you, and it's because of him that you know the truth. But some of you may not know that. And so I'm happy to share that. You are not here by accident. There is a God that loves you and accepts you and wants your heart. You may have had difficult things in your life that are going on, but it's not because God hates you. It's because he wants you. And he wants you to go the right way. He doesn't want you to be in sin. It's because he cares for you. Proverbs 23, 6 says this, your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. But like Jonah, we need to choose to see that. (laughs) Jonah was looking at all of the the other things, the bad things, complaining things. And so I'm gonna ask us a few questions this morning. What is God telling you to do today that you may not wanna do or feel like doing? And are you doing it? Are you doing it? If you're not, talk to him about that. Because we see here, Jonah was angry. But you know what God did? He talked back. He didn't just say, see ya, deuces on your own. He chatted with him about, why are you angry? And I think if you go and tell God what you're struggling with in your own life right now, I think he would talk back and and talk to you about that situation. He's not going to turn on you. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to hear you. What does he want you to change? What is he asking you to change? What does he want you to produce or to create? What is it that he wants you to use? What is it that he wants you to give? Who do you need to speak to this morning about where you've been struggling with them? Who do you need to forgive? Is it you? Do you need to forgive you? (laughs) And are you seeking to do what God wants you to do or are you running? Because it's okay to be a runner. But are you running from God? Or are you running to God? That's the difference. And what are you running for? What are you running for? Because I used to run for God because I was scared of hell. <laughs> but now I want to run for God because he like, wants a relationship with me. And he's compassionate and he loves me. I still don't know how to get my head around that. So what are you running for? Do you see where he's chasing you? So where are you right now? Have you had a word? You young people at camp, did you guys get a word from God? Are you gonna sit with that? Are you gonna run from it like Jonah? Maybe you're in the storm. Maybe there's some difficult things happening that you don't quite understand. Talk to someone about that, talk to God about that. Maybe you're in the fish. Maybe you've just felt like you're sitting in this dark place and you just can't get out. Maybe changing your language to thanksgiving and seeing God's goodness and praising him instead and maybe he'll spit you out, I don't know. I'm not guaranteeing that. But I think it would change your perspective of where you're at. And are you in in it for yourself? Or are you in it for God? And well done for those who are doing, running the race. So let's be people, guys, who are running to God, who are running from sin, and who are running for others. Amen? Let me pray for you, and then we're going to ask Luke to come up and share some announcements. God, thank you that you ran towards us. Thank you that you are the better runner. I just pray for each person that is in this room and listening on this podcast, wherever they might be, God, that they might still themselves before you and know where they are in the midst of this passage that we've learned from today. Whatever season that they're in, no matter their age, no matter how long they've known you, Father, I pray that you would allow for them to see your compassionate, love, and merciful nature. We thank you, Lord, that you are trustworthy and you desire for your kids to be in heaven with you so bad that you will chase us in things that seem crazy. Like a fish. And so God, I pray for those who know you and who are sleeping. I pray that you would wake them up from their sleep, and that they might hear, God, what it is that you're trying to say clearly in Jesus' name. And God, I pray for those who are deliberately disobeying. They know who you are, but they are falling into the ways of the world and they care more about that than you. God, I pray that your loving nature would wrap your arms around them and say, I love you, my daughter. I love you, my son. It's time to come home now. It's time to come home now and it's okay. I'll forget everything that you've done and leave it in the sea of forgetfulness where I will no longer bring it up again. But I need you to forget it too. And so God, I pray for those people that they would turn to you. And I pray over each and every one of us this morning. God, help us when we struggle to run towards you, not the world, not our spouses, not our friends, not our Instagram, not our outfit, God, whatever it might be to tell us where we are, where we come from, Lord, would you be where we find ourselves this morning and forevermore? God, would we be so willing and open to just repent quickly and help us, God, to know that our story is to be shared and it is for others that you save us so that we can say, hey, me too, I've been there. You're not alone. And we thank you for Jonah and that we can learn from him. But we thank you so much more for Jesus because he made the way. He fills our gap. And so I just pray, God, that you would have your way in us this morning that we would leave here transformed and changed, that we wouldn't just have information, but transformation. And I pray for each person that's had a word from you, they would cling to it and know that you are faithful and you answer and you, you fulfill your promise. Those who have heard something and feel like they need to just let it go, I'm telling you right now, person, that God didn't speak it just because. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. You are awesome. We celebrate you this morning. We worship you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.